It's Thursday, April 9th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me today, the one and only Bill Barker. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Uh, we're going to. We got a bunch of news. We've got some beverage news. We've got some retail news. We're going to start in the world of entertainment. Walt Disney came out and said that the number of people subscribing to the Disney Plus streaming service has passed the 50 million mark. That is global. And uh, we've been talking for a while now about uh, who benefits from everyone having to stay indoors. And video streaming is obviously a beneficiary. Uh, um, The fact that they are able to roll this out into, for example, a place like India, where 8 million people have signed up obviously helps, but this is um, this is absolutely helping the business uh, because the cruise line, the parks are closed for the obvious reasons. Yes. Uh, yeah. Disney needs, it's a broadly diversified company, maybe feeling at the moment, not quite broadly enough because it's uh, suffering more from this than a lot. Uh, it does have a number of things that you can stay home and watch though. And thank goodness they got Disney plus out there because uh, not only is it the parks, um, but really for a long time, of course, the story of Disney was an, a ESPN story and ESPN's numbers are predictably way down and um, Disney Plus is doing some lifting to uh, even things out but it's a lot of different networks uh, in the Disney uh, property list that are that are off um, they're off although um, you had sent me the uh, I think it was a Deutsche Bank had, had put together a chart of sort of you know directionally where are the numbers going for the television networks, and as you said, ESPN, ESPN two, both down big. Um, you know, but things like the you know A and E network um, are up uh, pretty substantially. Um, National Geographic, uh, Lifetime. You know, the again, it's 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 great from a revenue standpoint that the Disney Plus service is on the rise, but it you know it probably helps them uh, at least a little bit. Uh, to see that some of their television networks are helping to offset the predictable drop in ESPN viewing. Yeah, it's it's really A and E, and why I, I looked at that, I didn't research like what is out on A and E right now that uh, is causing this spike uh, because I think that's up thirty percent uh, year over year, and I I just I have not tuned into A and E in quite a while, I suppose, so uh, I'm not sure. What's driving that? I do understand. Yeah, ESPN off fifty percent, and that to me seems um, pretty pretty good. I guess I would have thought ESPN's viewership would be off even more than that, but they are putting a lot of old uh, games out there. And if you're, you know, if if you didn't uh, catch them on ESPN Classic over the last twenty years, um, then uh, you can catch them on ESPN or ESPN Two. I guess. Let's move on to Starbucks. Um- you know, Starbucks updated their guidance for the second quarter, said that profits are going to be down 47% compared to a year ago. Um, they withdrew guidance for the full fiscal year, which I think is something we're going to see over and over and over again uh, as companies either update guidance or provide their latest earnings report this month and into May. Um, they stopped their share buyback program. Um, they are protecting that dividend, though. 
Yeah, they were out on a little bit of a limb with the share buyback, I think, having um, reiterated that uh, they were buying back shares uh, over the last couple of weeks at some point. And everybody else is sort of hidden from that. I think that that's uh, creating headlines that uh, are, are not wanted at the moment. So, yeah, they're going to uh, cut back on probably uh, growth in stores, uh you know, from what their initial projections would have been, uh, delay some of that, that'll save some cash and uh, not buy back shares right now. But I would expect them to, as I say, they're suspending the program. They're not, they're not getting, getting rid of it. There'll, there'll be buybacks in the future by Starbucks. But, you know, it's pretty flat today. I don't think 47% off is any huge surprise. It's putting a number on what intuitively uh, one would have guessed would be a rather uh, severe shock to the business. Yeah, it's it, you know like it's like you were saying about ESPN's drop in viewership. Like, you know, I think we're now in this environment where numbers are going to be presented to us as investors, and it's entirely possible that our reaction is just going to be to shrug our shoulders and say, "Oh, I actually thought that would be worse." It's like you know, ESPN viewership is down fifty percent. It's like really, it's not down eighty percent or ninety. Like I'm. I've okay, 50 doesn't sound that bad. That's that was as a Starbucks shareholder, that was my reaction when I saw this number. It's like, really? Profits are only going to be down 47%. I really would have thought it would have been worse than that. Um, well, I, but I guess it depends on where you are geographically in terms of whether you're the Starbucks that you know have any drive through, um, because that's still there and and you've got uh, uh people obviously uh, addicted to uh, caffeine and coffee and many are addicted even more specifically to the drinks they get at starbucks so uh where they can get them they'll they've got the time um to go out and find them uh it's just uh if they don't have the drive-through um and there aren't many around here that i know of drive-throughs for starbucks uh, certainly not where I live, um, but uh, let me go back to the dividend for a second because it, it is interesting to me to watch how companies are essentially deciding which levers to pull. And so, what Starbucks is doing with uh, suspending the buyback program so they can protect the dividend. Diageo came out and did the same thing earlier this week. Exxon Mobil came out and said that they are cutting their CapEx spending by 30%, and it's because they want to protect their the dividend. Yeah, uh, cutting the dividend is, it's just considered a last resort. And I guess it's just the nature of how, well, of expectations. Um, and it's interesting the degree to which buybacks have gotten this, bad, uh, you know, bad headlines, uh, because when you buy back shares, you're using cash and literally giving it back to shareholders by buying their shares, leaving remaining shareholders with a, a greater, you know, a slightly greater percentage of the company. Uh, if you take 2%, uh, if you buy back 2% of your shares, that's, um, you know, giving everybody 2% more of the company. Uh, if you give them a 2% dividend, that also is giving continuing shareholders money. Uh, but dividends are thought of as this good, positive thing that companies do, and share buybacks are considered a greedy thing um, by, I think, short-sighted 
headline seekers trying to, um, you know, create a narrative that isn't, you know, a hundred percent accurate, but be that as it may, protecting a dividend is something that a company likes to point to. You know, you'll, you'll find your companies that, that can point to 50, 80 years of, of dividends without interruption. Um, and uh, that's a point of pride. And I, the, the companies do not point out uh, share buybacks as, as a point of pride. Let's move to retail. Uh, Costco came out with their same-store sales numbers for March they're up nearly 10%. So shout out to the hoarders for really driving the, the same store sales at Costco. But I, I didn't look at it as closely as I'm assuming you did. I, my assumption is that this is all front loaded to the first half of the month, that what we saw in the first two weeks at Costco is really driving this number. Yes. Uh, so the same store sales were up uh, the core sales were up 12.3%. And I think that uh, precisely that was uh, following up on very good numbers from the end of February as people began to stock up, hoard. And, the, and, and so this was a surprisingly light number to, uh, against expectations. Apparently, the Wall Street expectations were uh, above 20% uh, for same-store sales for March. So Coming in at core of 12.3, the headline of 9.6, this was considered disappointing. But again, it's it's really just a number that is telling you part of the story of what is happening now, just as Disney's and, and Starbucks's are. And you say, well, I, I, I don't know how I was supposed to guess what the number for this was going to be. Uh, and this is, this is one where Wall Street got aggressive. Oh, maybe everybody's going to Costco. No, you know, tra Tractor Supply had uh, very similar numbers, up 10% in March. Uh, again, it's sort of the same mix of, of the uh, consumables uh, driving a, a lot of that and, and the rest of the sales uh, down. Are you, as someone who does this for a living, are you looking forward to earnings season or are you more than usual or are you dreading it more than usual? Because it seems to me that with more and more companies coming out and withdrawing their guidance, they're basically removing a data point. They're, they're saying, look, we're not going to tell you what to expect. And uh, look, some companies are really good at that. Some companies are more helpful than others when it comes to that. And now it's essentially just going to be, here are the numbers, D you know, do whatever you want with them. You know, it, everybody's going to be Berkshire Hathaway now where they're just like, no, we're just giving you the report. We're not telling you anything. We're not doing a conference call. Is, is, that, is that freeing for you or is that like, oh God, this is going to be more work than usual? Well, I, yeah, if you're trying to invest on quarterly numbers and companies beating quarterly numbers or missing quarterly numbers, then this is going to be a nightmare for you. Uh, since that's really not how we in, in uh, asset management uh, operate, we're long-term buy and hold, really looking at the quality of the business. Definitely, I think I'm looking forward to it because this is an opportunity to see management deal with the non-routine. And you're going to learn more, I think, about management, uh, or at least something new uh, about management that you didn't necessarily get to see all the time. Because when something is non-routine outside of this period of time, it's usually a bad thing. 
Um, so it, it's interesting to see management uh, respond to mistakes and, and take uh, take the blame when they should. Uh, this is not really a situation where management is generally going to be shouldering the blame for bad numbers, um, but it, it will be interesting to see the different ways in which companies react to this. So I, I think it, it, I'm looking forward to it in that it's out of the routine, and I think there's a lot to be learned from that. Before we wrap up, can we briefly talk about the stock of the day, which I didn't even realize was a public company? Um, you, you mentioned to me that uh, you pointed out the latest news from Nautilus, which does, I think, is not, Nautilus is a company that does Nordic track. I know they do like home, um, you know, workout equipment. I think they're the parent company of Nordic track. Um, that stock's up 45% today. Now, this is a very small company. I think, you know, the market cap is still below $200 million. But were you also surprised to see that Nautilus is a public company? Uh, I, I, yeah, a little bit. Um, you know, it, it, I'm not surprised that they're doing well. Of course, uh, they sell a number of um, you know the Bowflex and and the Schwinn um, you know, biking, and uh, so they they've they're selling weights. This is one of the things that uh, there was a report out. I think you've seen it from um, uh, Stackline on March sales, e-commerce sales, uh, and what's up and what's down. And weight training is up 300% March right, this, 2020 this is, over 2019. Right. This is by category. This is by not category. by retailer. This is by, hey, just in terms of the categories of things that people can buy online, what's higher in March of this year as opposed to March of 2019? Yeah. And, and uh, number one, disposable gloves. Sure. Up six hundred and seventy percent. Number two, bread machines. So, if there's any company out there that just makes bread machines, bread machines online were up six hundred and fifty-two percent, according to this report. And um, boy, the the companies that just make uh, luggage that that was off seventy-seven percent. That was the uh, the hardest hit: uh, luggage, suitcases, and briefcases. Uh, but yeah, Nautilus uh, is in the right place for the month of March, and uh, it's a it's a tiny company and uh, enjoying a very good day for the stock uh, today. So they're 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 doing all right. Yeah, weight training up more than three hundred percent year over year. That's uh... That's pretty incredible. Yeah, we. Uh, my son wanted some weights. Uh, we've got some. He wanted some uh, heavier ones to uh, act bigger and tougher than uh, what we had on hand. So I ordered some and um, waited a couple of weeks, and that was canceled because uh, I guess they were out. So uh, didn't order from Nautilus, but uh, I'm not surprised having gone through the experience myself of seeing that I was unable to get my hands on some weights uh, right now. Um, how about you? What are you doing? What are you working out with right now? Uh, I'm just uh, occasionally going for a run. Like that's it. That's uh, exactly. Are you uh, you on on target for your you know fall marathon training? It's a little early for that, I guess. Yeah, the races I've signed up for have all been you know either pushed back to later in the year or pushed back to 2021 so it's you know um races are basically like the movie calendar now it's like no 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 it's oh you thought this was happening in the spring no 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 no. this <laughs> we're gonna do this in the fall or we're just gonna push it off the next year um can i just highlight one 
surprising to me anyway um, uh, category in this snack line report. Um, wine racks down 40%. I, I don't know. I, I just think of alcohol as one, as one <laughs> of those categories that uh, is probably going to do pretty well. And, uh, you know, but maybe, maybe it's doing so well that like, no, I don't need to put this in a rack. This, this, I'm going to go through this case of wine we, quickly. Yeah. Yeah. This thing is never even going to hit the rack. We, <laughs> we, what were we thinking? Leaving wine on racks for, for all that time. I got a better way to use the wine. Yeah. All right. Thanks for being here. Appreciate all right. It. As always, people in the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show's mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.